debt, border security, and defense spending are all at the crux of the battle for Speaker Mike Johnson, while President Biden signs the spending bill into law to keep the government open, the Speaker's troubles may be just beginning. Political analyst Trevor Loudon talks about the gamemanship that is indeed hurting America. And the state of Texas has taken unprecedented steps to secure its border with Mexico, and the feds don't like it. Center for Immigration Studies, Mark Gregorian, explains that the Biden crew in the White House may be taking unprecedented steps themselves with Mexico as the 2024 election hangs in the balance. And at the core of gamemanship is political persuasion. Who can convince the most people that they have the winning answer? An author who studies the psychological process of propaganda, David Rissolata, explains nothing we are witnessing in our country is real. It's all next on Viewpoint This Sunday. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. It is Malcolm Out Loud here and you know, a lot of people call it establishment, but uh, how about we call it gamemanship politics and to see who can one-up one up each other. It sort of is, in my world, the narrative that plays through many of these top news stories we're following. Now, let's start right off here. Trevor Loudon joins me now, and Trevor is an analyst, a political commentator. Uh, he's a fantastic author, speaker, filmmaker, has done some great projects out there and fights against uh, the, the, well, a lot many would say is a communist takeover of our nation. Uh, some great books in the uh, American Law bookstore and at bookstores everywhere. Uh, Trevor Loudon, first of all, we haven't spoke since last year, so Happy New Year 2024. It's a privilege to have you always, my friend. Happy New Year to you too, Malcolm, and all the listeners out there. So, so President Biden signed the measure to keep the U.S. government funded. He um, did this on Friday. This did not impact the Ukraine funding. That gets complicated with the immigration they're trying to do. So let me read you this little quir- uh, quip here from uh, The Guardian. It says, hard right uh, House Republicans, led by the Speaker Mike Johnson, are ensuring the chances of more money and weapons for Kyiv in its fight with Moscow hinge on negotiations for immigration reform. Now, anytime, to be clear, I think most people know, anytime you're battling for uh, any discipline or uh, financial responsibility or securing the nation's uh, national security, you do become a hard right uh, SOB. Uh, We understand that from the media's standpoint, when you're trying to make the country into a communist nation, we get that part of it. So let's talk about how this all navigated with House Speaker Mike Johnson. He's having, uh, he's really starting to irritate and, frankly, uh, Trevor, piss off a lot of conservatives uh, real fast. Uh, how's this going to go? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a very complicated scenario. See, see, part of the Republican Party are willing to go along with Biden's spending plans because what Biden does is uh, says, 
I'll, I'll continue to defend defence if you give me blah, 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 blah. And the Republicans, the smart ones, understand that we are facing war with both Russia and China on the near horizon, and they'll do anything to keep defence spending up. And so that enables um, Biden to basically blackmail them into supporting all sorts of crazy stuff at the same time. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the Ukraine front, as you know, my, I, I'm a big supporter of Ukraine, and that's quite unusual in conservative circles these days because the Republicans are walking into a massive trap here. The Re Democrats have been pumping out this Republican-Russian narrative for some time. Uh, to take attention away from their own Russia collusion, which has been going on for 60 years. Mm. And the Republicans have made the mistake that Biden really wants to help Ukraine. Biden is getting ready to sell out Ukraine. He wants to, he's been doing secret deals allegedly with Putin. He is keeping the US energy supply low, which is funding Putin's war. Mm. And what he's going to do, he's going to pull the plug, I believe, on aid to Ukraine, hmm. and he's going to blame the Republicans wow. because Republicans have held it up over this border wall funding. So the Republicans have got no leverage here because Biden wants Ukraine to collapse because hmm. then he can blame it on the Republicans wow. in election year when there's going to be millions of refugees flood in Europe, mass slaughter, and a total disaster that he can that'll make his Afghan Afghanistan debacle look look minor, and he can blame that all on the Republicans and enforce his Republican Trump Russia narrative. So I'm all about sealing the border, but the Republicans need to fund Ukraine and find other leverage because right. they've got no leverage here. Biden wants Ukraine to collapse. It suits him to allow Ukraine to collapse if he can blame it on the Republicans. Wow. Well, that is uh, incredible analysis right there, man. Wow. And you're right. You you did go against the current of a lot of thinking within the uh, conservative circles. Um, but uh, if you do some dot connecting with what you say there, it surely gives people food for thought, Trevor. And uh, the Wall Street Journal, Trevor, reports that says since becoming speaker 86 some odd days ago, the Louisiana Republican has passed three major pieces of legislation on defense policy and two on spending by relying more on Democrats than members of his own party. Uh, in the vote this past week here on Thursday to keep the government open, even a member of his own leadership team, and that would be none other than the House GOP conference chair, Elise Stefanik of New York, voted against him. In fact, by the way, Trevor, Stefanik is being considered and called actually could possibly be uh, Trump's running mate. They're saying she's rising sure, pretty sure. high. Uh, that that yeah. sounds like that could fit kind of thing. Um, we're talking he barely got they, they twisted some arms to get 107 Republicans, 106 went against it. Uh, uh, they he, Tim Wahlberg was going against it as well, but they twisted arms. They got him to go that way. 107 barely made it. All the Democrats went in support of that. That doesn't read real well for Johnson, does it? He's got some problems, doesn't he? Well, he, well, he has, but it's really well. It, it's as I said, it's Republican caucus too, because you've got the the hard right. You know, the the ones who I support on virtually everything. You know, they're they the way they hauled Speaker McCarthy over the coals and the concessions they extracted. I'm all I'm I'm right on board with them on that. 
But what are these, these people don't understand is national security. Most of these people are either soft on Russia or regard NATO as an as a expensive boondoggle. They don't understand the major geopolitical situation. They're great on domestic policy, but they don't understand the big picture. So Johnson is trying to straddle this. He's trying to keep the defence spending up mm-hmm. because he knows that any drop in defence spending is going to invite attack by Russia and China. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's got to negotiate these crazy left-wing Democrats. Do you think he's doing a good yeah. job, Trevor? Do you think well, he's... I think he's... <laughs> I think he is doing a pretty good job, yes, but he's got nobody's factoring defense spending into this. Right. You know, that that is the reason some of these more moderate Republicans have actually done a good job in keeping defense spending up. Mm -hmm. And and the hard right Republicans who are great on trying to cut domestic spending, closing the border, etc., don't seem to understand the ramifications. Let me ask you, you, the way you reference that right there, why do we, like I'm just reading here within uh, the USA Today and Wall Street Journal, there's no GOP hardliners, right-wing extremists, are frustrated uh, that they haven't scored a major legislative win on like the border and federal spending, things they ran on, Trevor. Um, And so two, two questions here. Why are we why does everybody call them hard right or right wing or extremist lunatics or what have you for those two measures what what drive because you just did it as well why what drives that i wonder well look they they, they are great on domestic policy they want to seal the border mm-hmm. they want to cut government spending right. they want to um restore the constitution and full on uh, right. full marks right but they do not understand russia and china they do not understand we're on the verge of war with both countries. And so defence spending is the only thing that's keeping those enemies at bay right now. Mm-hmm. So if they if they just say, look, we're going to defend, spend, we're going to keep defending, um, keep the defence spending up and we want cuts here, here and here. Yeah. Don't tie it to Ukraine. Use the power of the purse and other issues. This is playing straight into Russia's plans, straight into Russia and China's plans here. Yeah. I want to talk about the 2024 elections and talk about the presidential election in a moment, but stay in the House, just a quick summary moment here for me, Trevor. And how much, the way they're playing this right now, is your sense, your feelings truly, that they're risking the House maintaining and building any any um, uh, majority in that House? Are they risking that in 2024 here with a lot of this, what's going on? Is that a risk right now? Uh, well, well, I think it's more of a risk if they don't at least try. You know, at least they're giving, at least they're telling their base we care about your concerns. I, I'm all about these, um, you know, the, the the new, the hard right Republicans, the, the new the new guys coming in. And, and I'm also talking about Paul Gosar and Andy Biggs. Who, when you say you're about them, you mean you support them? I, I'm, I'm supporting them, just not on defence and NATO, okay. you know, okay. I think okay. they're wrong because they they want to they they want to, you know, they've got the idea that um, we got to cut government spending, which we do. Right. But they because they don't see the significance of what what is happening with Russia and China and the war that's being prepared. Yeah. They are also trying to rein in defence. 
Okay. And and that's not the time to do that. So right. I'm all I, I'm hundred percent for them. Okay. And I think the base the base is for them. Uh, the base cheered them on when they held yeah. McCarthy to account. Right. Uh, I think Johnson has got a heck of a balancing job to do right now. Oh, yeah. But no, no, keep fighting. No, I want these guys. Well, to- I'll tell you, I, I'm so so pleased you just put out what you just put out. I I, I really mean that uh, because uh, I don't want people to lose sight and listeners to lo- lose sight of your uh, your philosophy and your belief. And you just laid it out pretty well. And, you know, it's a credit to you, my friend, too, is, is a strategic analyst or somebody who studies these things. You're not afraid to go against the grain and what some people consider the media's popular opinion on a particular thing. And you stand true to that belief, and I respect that totally. So what you just said, I think, was uh, really helped clear that up for folks uh, to know where your core belief is. And I, 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 I kind of knew that already, but it's important listeners know that, uh, Trevor. So thank you for that. Uh, well, let's let's dive into 2024 election now. Uh, we, okay, so we see what happened in Iowa with Trump. And, uh, of course, he didn't have very much time to campaign there, He, but it really didn't matter at that point. He was in court battling all the things, but he used that as, as his campaign, basically, and did it on the national airwaves, got plenty of coverage, and uh, didn't have to worry about the miles he would have uh, uh, expended in the in the state, basically, and uh, but and that's the brilliant uh, brilliance of a Donald Trump to be able to do that. That's making that's making a lot of lemonade out of lemons, my friend. Is what that is. All right. Yeah. Now we got New Hampshire coming, the first primary uh, of the of, uh, of this uh, deal, this election, and um, Nikki Haley. Uh, uh, DeSantis gave up that he didn't do anything in New Hampshire. He's fighting in South Carolina to embarrass her there. In the meantime, Haley's up there. People are definitely calling her a, a neocon and all kinds of other uh, adjectives. They sort of are uh, getting a sense of who she is now. And, the, and she scares the hell out of the core party, I think. She's relying on independence and that sort of thing. Trump is up uh, in New Hampshire still by about 17 points as we come into the primary here, roughly. Uh, what do you think about that? How does that lay out quickly? And because it, it's going to be interesting what happens there. Is you think those polls hold true? Or? Yeah, I, I think they're fairly accurate. I, I thought that DeSantis might do a little bit better than he did in Iowa based on hmm. reports I had from the ground there. Um, he did come in second, uh, however. He did beat he Haley there. And, and I thought Haley would do a little less than she did. I thought it would be more like DeSantis – 30%, um, Haley 10%, but it, it wow. was more even. Look, look, I think Trump will win New Hampshire comfortably. Um, I, I'm, look, I, I'll say this. I'm very glad that DeSantis is in the race. Mm-hmm. You know, there's two reasons for that. And then I hope he stays in for a while yet because I want Trump to make a case to the American public why he should get a second shot at this, or a third shot at this, really. Um, and and he's not going to do that, right? He hasn't been willing to debate. He hasn't uh, – he he would have a very tough time debating DeSantis, and I want to see a, a matchup between those two. Um, Haley, I, I hope she gets out of the race pretty soon. I think she's another top contender for Trump's VP spot. Which I think would be a mistake, personally. Yeah. Um, I, I'm she, the only thing I like her on really is foreign policy, and that's what everybody else hates her on. Mm-hmm. But um, and defence. But but so so look, 
anything can happen with Trump yet. The, mm. the Democrats are going to try and jail him. They're going to try and embarrass him. They're gonna, yeah. They'll surely convict him on something yeah. which will be overturned on appeal. Oh. But the, the aim is to just keep throwing stuff at okay. him. So we, we need a plan B, and I'm glad... Uh. Well, I know you've been uh, sort of looking between Trump and DeSantis and like the fact that, and I get that, and you just stated that. Um, Haley, though, I think a lot of people are concerned. I got to circle real fast to your point a moment ago here. You're right. They are absolutely concerned with their foreign policy, uh, what you're saying, because they feel like she'll have us involved in a lot of foreign uh, wars. So the way she talks, it's the way she um, scripts this stuff out. And that's what scares the hell out of people, let alone her domestic policies, what have you. But that's actually what scares them. But you actually like that part. That's that's pretty wild. Well, we'll, we'll put it this way. Um, you know, when Nikki Haley was governor of South Carolina, she was very friendly to China. She she had a lot of Chinese business coming. That's right. South that's right. That's right. And that's that was a huge mistake, and it and it doesn't doesn't augur well. But look, look, it is not by is not that if America by being strong is going to invite aggression. Um, we're we're getting aggression regardless. Russia and China are both hell bent on confronting America. It's whether we stand up to that or not. And so I, I do appreciate Nikki Haley for that aspect, that she's willing to stand up to the bullies. But um, okay. so, so you know, it, it, if we're going to get weakness, right. you know, you, you saw Trump. He would stand up to the bullies. He would right. stand totally, up to totally. Russia and China, yeah. and they, were, they stayed in their box. Right. Biden got in as weak as possible, yeah. uh, probably an agent for, for most of our enemies, mm -hmm. and um, the enemies are on the march. Okay. So, no, I'm, I'm fine with Nikki Haley on a foreign policy. I'm just worried about her record. I'm, I, I think she's been a, 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 a pretty much a rhino most yeah. of her career, but yeah. on foreign policy, I'll give it good marks. Okay. I, I got to squeeze this last story in on the last uh, couple of moments we have, and that is uh, this uh, growing number of Senate Democrats question Biden's Israel strategy. And basically, the, this is a story out of the Washington Post, but it's, it's interesting, Trevor. Five Senate Democrats on Friday signed on to a measure that would condition aid to Israel on its compliance with international laws, bring the total number of co-sponsors to 18. And uh, Tim Tim Kaine uh, is wrong enough support for his amendment to stop Biden from circumventing Congress when he orders weapons transfers to Israel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this is a bill. There's a bill uh, sponsored by Bernie Sanders to force Biden uh, because of the human rights abuses, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody knows what's going on here. Give me a, give me a summary uh, point of this story, please. Look, the reason we are, we're getting these attacks on is this is the communist wing of the Democratic Party doing this. <laughs> Seriously, these people are communists, and I can I write books on this. I know they're communists. Know yeah. So, so this is the communist wing of the Democratic Party, because the communists hate Israel. This is not a this this anti-Israel campaign. It's not a fascist or Nazi campaign. It's a communist campaign, because Russia, China, and Iran who are all part of the same block, want to destroy Israel. So you've got this fifth column in the Democratic Party who wants the same thing. Biden, 
basically wants the same thing, but he's got to be more the responsible Democrat and take the Jewish vote into account by pretending to help Israel. We'll support you, Israel. We'll support you. We'll just give X billion dollars to Iran. And by the way, we want to give 100, 100 million to Hamas. And by the way, Israel, you're not allowed to chase Hamas down and destroy them. You know, with, look, Israel has got four main enemies in the world. It's got it's got um, it's got Russia, China, Iran, and the Biden administration. Wow. The Biden administration is pretending to stand by Israel, right. and this hardcore communist left in the Democratic Party right. has the same views, but they're more open about it. Yeah. That's the only difference. The only thing I would have a difference with is I don't even know that it's a wing anymore of the Democrat Party. It seems to have yeah, taken yeah. the oxygen out of the room, frankly. <laughs> it, 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 is, it is. This is the. This is the. Well, what yeah. we're seeing is yeah. the um, the iceberg, the the bit that's above the water. The whole Democratic Party is infused yeah. by communism now, but these yeah. hardcore ones, the Elon yeah. Omar's, etc., they are communists. They yeah. are yeah. full on. Proud, open communists. Yeah, and this is an area you you study. I mean, you're not going to get defeated in this particular topic here, and that play does play to a lot of your books and following this communist takeover. People call it a socialism, which is really light communism, but it is communism yeah. is what we're talking about. Just the same. Uh, TrevorLoudon.com. You can find a lot more there, friends. I need to point that out to you. His books, Trevor Loudon, are indeed in the America Out Loud bookstore, uh, which you can get to rate uh, back at AmericaOutloud.news. Uh, always a privilege to have you, Trevor, I hate to tell you, because you make people think. I love it when we can have these conversations and make people think. And by the way, when we relaunched the site of the platform uh, at uh, the start of the year here, Trevor, right at the very top under the America Out Loud news icon is a very prominent statement that I think you will also appreciate. And it's just, it just speaks to, uh, to uh, so many. Many voices, one freedom, united in the first amendment and we just we just exercised that here did we not my friend i aim into that yeah absolutely we did indeed. very super important yeah absolutely so thank you again my friend thank you always a pleasure malcolm thanks for having me on thank you sir thank you all right my friends um we got next big thing coming up the center for immigration studies immigration is a big problem i love this story with texas and the feds by the way ah, it is a battle royal let's call it states rights or whatever you want to call it and i say sock it to them stay right there more viewpoint in just a moment we are the vision of the voices. You can email us at talk at americaoutloud.com. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. 
That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. This is indeed Malcolm OUTLOUD here. And uh, as I promised you early in the broadcast, uh, the uh, the border, the immigration, interesting things are happening. You know, we talk a lot about states' rights. We talk about the 10th Amendment a lot. We talked about states standing up. And I've often wondered, frankly, why more of those states, specifically Texas, but the others as well, why they didn't... Uh, uh, push the narrative back on the federal government, why they would allow some of these abuses to happen on the level they have. Uh, that's going to be the starting point right here today. Uh, my fellow Americans will get this wound up here with Mark Gregorian joins me. And Mark is the executive director of the Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, CIS, by the way, .org, uh, independent nonpartisan research organization in D.C. It is the, I think, the elite in immigration. Uh, and they've got, uh, you hear many of their um, uh, their professionals that come on the network here. And uh, the work they do is just incredible. Mark, you lead that uh, esteemed group. So big congratulations to you as we head off, uh, start off on a new year, brother. You know, thank you. Thank you. Uh, my staff makes me look good. I just kind of let them do their thing. And they're the ones that are the real uh, experts here. Well, that formula is working really well. So when you're when you're done with some of them, send them over to me, please. <laughs> uh, so anyway, let's talk about Texas versus the feds. All right. So so uh, the Department of Homeland Security, they've been fighting for this uh, access to Shelby Park, I guess, in that area there. And uh, uh, they are saying that Abbott's uh, measures is cracking down on this stuff is hindering their ability to patrol and provide emergency aid. This gets to the story now, uh, which is where we'll start of the, and we'll clear this up quick because CBS reported that three mine. I love you know these headlines they put out. They're they're just all eye eye candy, is what it is. CBS says three migrants drowned near area where Texas has denied entry to federal border agents, which of course alludes to the point. Uh, and they had some worse headlines than that, but that's the modified one, uh, basically, Mark. And then they said this story and headline were updated to reflect information. Yeah, like like real truth. What's the story on the migrants? What happened with them? What's happening with the park there? And is this a long time coming for Texas to push back on the fence? Yeah, what happened with these uh, three people in this tragic drowning is that uh, same kind of thing as remember happened a couple of years ago with that fake whipping story. Yep. that the Border Patrol was supposedly whipping these illegal aliens. And then, of course, it turns out to be totally untrue. And the White House doesn't, I mean, the president even said it. Nothing was retracted. A, a mother and three kids were uh, tragically died. This happens in the river. I mean, if you cross through a river, things like that are going to happen. The White House immediately blamed it on Texas. And then later it turns out that actually... Uh, that had nothing to do with it. Uh, they had drowned on the Mexican side and uh, the border patrol and Texas didn't even know about it until it was all over. So it, the, the details aren't, you know, important that much to policy. What matters is that this is just one more example of this administration lying about border enforcement and border control in such a way as to try to make people doing it look bad. Mark, let me jump in one fast moment here. And you know what you say is accurate, but I want listeners to understand, and I think you will agree, Mark, and, and it's bad enough that an administration will do that. And it is outright lies, 100 percent. And I don't care if it's Democrat or Republican. It just you don't need to be doing that in bold-faced lies. But the worst part about the story, Mark, is that the media covers it all up and goes along with it. And that is the most grotesque 
thing about our fourth estate in today's world. It's sickening. They never retract the stories. They never correct the stories. They just continue to push their narrative. Even to this day, people believe that whipping accident uh, incident rather really happened, Mark, to this day. Of course they do. It's, uh, you know, what's the old saying about a um, a lie travels around the world before the truth even gets its boots on? Yeah. Well, um, you know, when you have a, a media that is invested <clears throat> in a particular point of view and they want to push that storyline, it doesn't really matter. And it's not even like there's some conspiracy. It's just that the people who become reporters and editors are people who by and large, disapprove of immigration controls. They think it's wrong, just like the people in the administration running immigration think immigration limits as such are immoral. And so if that's your worldview, then that then shapes your reporting on this without anybody having to send you a memo and telling you what to say. It's just, it comes natural to these guys. Now, the Texas Department of Public Safety says, and I quote, the troopers are enforcing criminal trespass on adult men and women. The state of Texas will maintain a proactive posture in curbing illegal border crossings between the ports of entry. Uh, correct me uh, if this is wrong, but I believe they've started arresting people. They're moving aggressively. It seems like they've had enough. I've listened to the attorney general. I've listened to the governor. They are really, uh, you can sense they are over the top on this uh, this narrative that has been building. Uh, what do you feel about this? And you're, you, We haven't seen this before from a state so much to push back like this. Is this just about time that this has happened in Texas? Yeah, we haven't seen this before because we've never had an administration that was literally committed to subverting the immigration laws. Yeah. And since <clears throat> most of the border, <clears throat> border is almost 2,000 miles long, 1,200 miles of it is Texas. Yeah. So they have most of the border. And Texas is the part, especially South Texas, it's closest to Latin America. So if you're coming the long way to the Mexican border from, say, Tajikistan or Cameroon or Mongolia, you're going to, Texas is the first place to come to. So that's where people are crossing. The government, the federal government, unlike even the Obama administration, is under Biden, is committed to not enforcing immigration laws. And so Texas has said enough's enough. One of the things they're doing is arresting people for illegal immigrants for trespass. In other words, they're, you know, they're they're on private land or they're on Texas owned land and they arrest illegal immigrants. There's a limit to how much that can work, though. They are doing that. But, you know, let's I mean, what do you do? You put them in jail for 30 days and then what? Well, then you call the Border Patrol and say they're illegal aliens. And under Biden, they're like, yeah, that's nice. And they let them go anyway. So interestingly, Texas, the legislature has done a new thing. They passed a law that won't go into effect until March and the feds are challenging it. But they passed a law, not just trespass, which is already part of the law. They passed a law that says entering Texas from a foreign country, obviously from Mexico, illegally, that too is a state crime. And that's totally new. And what the interesting spin on this is that if you're convicted of this, you either can go to jail or the judge can say, if you leave the country, then you don't have to go to jail. So they don't, they're not deporting you because Texas can't actually deport people, but they're kind of making you deport yourself. And the administration is suing them. Um, you know, Babylon B, the satire site, 
had a um, headline that actually was regular news saying the administration is uh, is suing is saying it's against the law to pass a law to enforce the law or something like that. Wow. It's it's almost it's like in um, the Superman comics. They had something called Bizarro World where everything was upside down and the earth was shaped like a cube and Superman was the bad guy and all that stuff. Well, this is Bizarro World immigration where the federal government is consciously and as a matter of policy not enforcing immigration law and releasing millions of illegal immigrants into the United States. And there's a limit to what Texas can do, but they're, you know, they're trying to come up with things to do. Do they have a right in this case? And will they prevail in your estimation? This is one of those things where you really do. This is where the Supreme Court really is going to have to decide. And there's not an obvious answer because what the Constitution says, a state has to rely on the federal government for protection except in cases of immediate invasion. And so the question is, is the illegal immigration crisis an invasion under the Constitution? My guess is Supreme Court is going to say not, because when people wrote that provision of the Constitution, they were thinking of, you know, people with guns. So, um, but that's one of those open questions. It's going to end up before the Supreme Court, although who knows if it'll end up there you know, under this administration, or if, you know, if Trump takes over, then it becomes kind of moot, but we'll see. But that's the basic question. Is this an invasion, not just in the general sense that some guy reading it online says, well, of course it's an invasion, but is it an invasion as defined by the constitution? Yes or no. And the constitution doesn't go into detail in that regard. This is so over the top that even people like Lindsey Graham are against it. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. That's saying a good. lot. Yeah, no, it is. That's good. It's putting what you're saying. It's putting eyeballs on the problem like never before. Yep. And there are times in our nation, and I say this a bit, Mark, where you know we feel like we're getting sucker punched, but where we sometimes have to go low before we can rise again. And we seem to be at one of those uh, inflection points in our nation, frankly. And I, I, it's sad, but it's it is an accurate point. I, and you know what's uh, unbelievable about all this, Mark, that you and I talk about is that we're on the verge uh, historically in our nation. Uh, I remind listeners all the time, and that I've been telling them for the past couple of years, we're coming up on a our semi-quincentennial moment, a magic moment for this nation, 250 years, uh, right after the new president, uh, whoever that is, takes office uh, in 2025. 2026 is a historic year for this nation. You remember back in 1976 with the Bicentennial, the patriotism, and it's a whole different era of our country, 200 years. But it's an important inflection point of our nation. And these these problems are real-world problems uh, that are going to root out and make the decision uh, whether we have another 250 years as a nation, Mark. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, there's no question about it. This is an existential question uh, because in the past, uh, at least at the level of kind of theory and principle, yeah. Democrats and Republicans agreed that there needed to be there need to be borders, you know, that some people don't get to come here even if they want to. Yeah. Now, obviously, there are all kinds of differences. Sometimes people were maybe dishonest in what they were saying. But the basic there was agreement about the basic idea yeah. that immigration control is legitimate. Yeah. What we've seen with the Democratic Party, which has radicalized on immigration, even before Trump, Trump kind of moved them even further to la la land but it was it's not did not start with trump is that for not democratic voters necessarily but for the 
leadership class of the Democratic Party, elected officials, donors, that kind of thing. It is now a litmus test issue that you are for unlimited immigration. It's like abortion or something like that, that it's now non-negotiable. You cannot be an elected Democratic official unless you are behind, you know, you're all behind this idea of de facto unlimited immigration. And uh, that's dangerous for the country because that's such a fundamental principle that I don't see how you can have the kind of compromises that you need to have in a democracy in passing bills when one side just rejects the whole concept of immigration control. Listen, to your website, cis.org, you've got a couple of interesting things and I want to touch on, because you have a couple couple of the great guys, I've had them on, they're fabulous. Andrew Authors, best in class, Todd Bensman. I mean, these guys are great. Some of their stories here. And I want to ask you, coming into the 2024 election, your opinion. Uh, I see uh, recent sky-high levels of illegal migration are dropping fast, and here's why, Todd says. But then he says... Has Biden bribed Mexico to control border? His op-ed on this was and helped him win the election. And they're talking about some very quiet deals with the Obrador. Could you talk to about that narrative, please? Sure. The um, border numbers for December, which have not been released yet, which is kind of curious because we're 20 days into 21 days, whatever, into January now. They're the worst. They're going to be the worst numbers ever in American history. January, though. The current month, the numbers, as we've talked to Border Patrol people and stuff, they're going down. And they're not going down because, you know, the administration finally got religion and they're enforcing the law. No, they're going down because the administration has just realized that there's an election this November. And immigration is the policy area. This president is the most underwater, they say. In other words, that the difference between approve and disapprove is the greatest. And so instead of fundamentally changing their policies by, for instance, detaining illegal immigrants, all the kinds of things that you would see happening, you know, Trump, for instance, came in or Trump was doing before, what they're doing is telling Mexico, look, you need to play ball with us because if you don't, Trump is going to win and you don't want that. So you want patsies like us in the White House. So turn it down until November. And then, you know, then you're free to do whatever the heck you want. So the numbers are gone, have gone down, but they're still at unbelievable numbers. They're just at the unbelievable levels of illegal immigration that started this administration. And you can do whatever you, you can sense something in our nation is off. Uh, you probably agree with that. Or, or last thought. Yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah. You're seeing it abroad too. I mean, look, right. I mean, I'm look at what the Iranians are doing, you know, shooting at our uh, yeah. ships in the Red Sea and getting yeah. away with it. Um, all kinds of stuff. And the point of that is not, I mean, we're not talking about foreign policy here, but the point of that is that neither the Iranians, nor the Mexicans, nor the Russians, nor the Chinese, nor the alien smugglers or the drug cartels, none of them are afraid of this uh, crew in the White House. They know the president is kind of a punchline. (laughs) He's shuffling along. They can push us around. And we're seeing that both in foreign policy and in immigration policy. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I love what you say there. You know, we're always looking for the right word to call them. We've used cabal. We've used regime. We've used and now crew. That's a new one. I like that, Mark. Crew. The crew. And the, 
you could try click you could try clique too that's a little more esoteric term i love it i love it uh mark gregorian uh thank you you're uh you're best of the best here brother thank you so much Sharon. thank yeah. you okay that is mark gregorian cis.org is where you get all the information there friends uh, before we move the program along, let me just tell you there that uh, AmericaOutloud.shop is where all our partners are, our sponsorships on uh, these great uh, companies and products that we have all vetted and we use ourselves, our hosts and our writers and all of our people here. And the featured uh, product this week here, and I say featured, meaning we have a lot of great products in AmericaOutloud.shop, but we always feature one on the front page of AmericaOutloud.news in a big way, and you'll see that it's ASEA. ASEA and uh, changing lives one cell at a time. And it's with the ASEA Redox, which is, as the nurses will tell you, nurses out loud on the platform is amazing. They love it. They take it. Uh, there's a lot of products there, but the Redox product itself is remarkable. Uh, and you can read up a lot more about that. Uh, it, all of these uh, partners have research and data. Always make the right decision for you and your family and your lives. Never take anybody's word for it, friends. I'll tell you that all the time on the programs, and I'll tell you that today again. Look at the research and the data on this, on ASEA, and make that decision yourself. You'll get 15% uh, savings off that, exclusive with America Out Loud listeners and readers, using the code OUTLOUD. That's always the case in the shop. OUTLOUD is the key to getting the savings there. All right. We'll take a pause here. We're going to come back on a very interesting segment that plays well to this gamemanship theme today here. And a, a, a wonderfully, a very talented new writer uh, adorns us in just moments here and will be on the platform. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, how about persuasion politics. Quite fascinating. Stay right there. More viewpoint in just a moment. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity.
Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. Uh, it is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here, and uh, uh, this is a great program today. We're really diving into some uh, some psychology in all of this, which is really good to do that uh, in this gamemanship of politics. And going to do a little bit of that, more of that right now. You know, a lot of the times you hear the words, uh, you know, you always hear the words sheeple or followers, the herd. And a lot of times we bang our heads against the wall and wonder, why is it they think the way they think or why are they exactly doing that? You know, uh, we used a lot of other words. Remember through COVID, through that whole exercise, people were like mesmerized, it seemed. And there were a lot of um, uh, psychology terms being thrown around as to why the things were happening that were happening. Let's pick that up now. I want to introduce you to a, a new contributor, a writer on the network, and that is David Rissolata is here and what's cool about David is he focuses on the psychological process of propaganda. <laughs> that says it all right there. Got some great books out. He's an outstanding author, by the way. Um, and the one book that's interesting, it plays well with today, Without a Shot Indeed, Inducing Compliance to Tyranny Through Conditioning and Persuasion. Let me, let's jump right into this now, okay? So... And since you wrote the book on all of this, let's start with this. What is political persuasion, please? Well, it has a lot to do with uh, propaganda, actually. It's, it's kind of like you said, it's how can we get people to accept an agenda that they would otherwise reject? You know, so how can we get people to accept the left wing worldview, so to say, while making them think they're making their own choices and believe it or not, Malcolm, I'm going to go all the way back to the War of the Worlds radio broadcast. Do you remember that back in the 1930s? So what took place after that was a massive psychological study by a guy who was actually a part of the uh, Office of Strategic Services, which was actually the forerunner to the CIA. Right. And what they wanted to find out is why did people believe we were being invaded by aliens, you know, because people reacted <laughs> to that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what they found out, it, it was the people in that play that were playing the the media broadcasters that were reporting this, that people just naturally believe this was all this is all documented in a book called Our Invasion from Mars, the study of psychology of panic. And it was written by Hadley Cantrell, who was part of the Office of Strategic Services. And, and, and what he ended up saying is he said that this study that we did will be the forerunner, will, will, will lay the groundwork for all future studies of, of people's reactions to media. Which, which explains why uh, people sometimes make these decisions that they think are rational and they seem completely irrational. You know, a lot of people after covid uh, David started to really look around and say to them, and I heard this everywhere in circles, like, what the hell is going on? Why are people acting the way they're acting? Like, I, I remember, I remember just as a quick, quick point after the whole thing, people outside walking alone or riding a bike or exercising alone. And like, as an example, not that I want to talk about COVID, but wearing a mask, like nobody near them, anywhere near them in any part of the atmosphere and outside where you'd want to breathe the beautiful air and you couldn't even do that. And I thought, what the hell is going on? Well, that's a, isn't that a condition of being persuaded? Um, yeah, um, but it's a little bit deeper than that. Have you, you've heard of B.F. Skinner, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so he wrote a book called Beyond Freedom and Dignity. 
Mm-hmm. And he also wrote another book called The Science of Human Behavior. And B.S. Skinner kind of laid the groundwork for how studies into human behavior would be con- conducted. You know, and he, he basically said, and this is in, in the book, um, um, Science of Human Behavior, you, you can't have a science of behavior and consider the idea that man has free will because the free will aspect of it has too many variables and, and makes and, and, and makes it uncontrollable, unpredictable, mm-hmm. right? So in order to have a predictable science, you have to get rid of free will. So all of, all of uh, the study in the human behavior is basically done from that perspective, if you really take a deep dive and look at it. But what Skinner said in, in, in um, Beyond Freedom and Dignity, and I'm going to read this right here. He says that those who work productively because of the reinforcing value of what they produce are under the sensitive and powerful control of the products. So what that essentially means is that when they came out with this whole mask mandate and people decided, okay, I'm going to comply with this, even though they knew Mm -hmm. that it might have been baloney or or whatever, they decided they were going to comply with it. They thought that what they were doing was in the best interest of you know, because they were because they were brainwashed to that point. Right. I mean, right. That's and what that, it is. It's really a form of brainwashing is what it is. Right. And at that point, their their decision right. to comply is a reinforcing value in being able to be controlled. Well, and then and then and then they really become part of what we call the sheeple or the followers, the herd. They just follow right. along to get along. They go along to get along. And we see that everywhere. Now. Let me move on in today's world. I want to get right to the crux of uh, what's happening right now in political circles, using political persuasion. You say in your recent op-ed as well, there's another reason for working inside the system. And you say they must feel so frustrated, so defeated, so lost, and so futureless in the prevailing system that they are willing to let go of the past and chance the future. Is that what's is that what we're seeing in today's world, David? A lot more of that is why people they were what we call the establishment, the deep state, all of this nonsense. Is that that what we're speaking of? I think so. And that quote is actually Saul Alinsky's quote, right from Rules for Radicals. But it bears a striking similarity to something within the psychology of persuasion called the fear then relief technique. And I have you know, like I'm sitting here looking at my book right now. It's called the Dynamics of Persuasion. Mm-hmm. And there's a technique called fear and then relief, where they have basically found out that if you place a person under a fear stimulus, if you will, and suddenly remove it right. and offer a more pleasant alternative, okay. that that moment of relief that people feel for that brief few seconds kind of puts them in this mindless state of compliance. Yeah. All right. um, so will they'll kind of accept anything. Kind of think about the lesser of two evils mentality. That's kind of right. how we vote every four years. Okay. Right, right. That's right. That's right. That, it, it, you're, you're exactly right. I, you hear that all the time. Well, I didn't really like him or like her, but, you know, it was better than such and such. So it's the lesser of evils. And that's what happens when you have two political parties and that's you've got two choices and they both suck. Uh, then you have to pick the the one that sucks the least. You understand? You look at the 2024 political election, David, uh, with what's happening right now with the players we have in the GOP primary with the Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Trump. Uh, you see what's happening with Biden, the way they're playing it with the policies. I mean, we're getting into the heat of battle right now. Take your cause for political persuasion, lay it over top of the election and give me your analysis right now. Summary now, summary of uh, at 30,000 feet. What's happening, please? I personally think that 
they're kind of gauging our reactions to things, kind of predicting how we're going to behave. You know, they're creating such a mess and then providing us with the solutions and the other people that we can vote for, because it doesn't really matter who we vote for the, the next time around. Some of this agenda is going to carry forward. I mean, none of these political candidates are going to come in and, and, and fix, fix everything. It's just, it's just a way of keeping us, playing the game you mean we're too far gone like a lot of the things that have happened now are too severe is that why you say that yeah i wouldn't say severe but i mean it's just been going on for so long a lot, a lot of people don't even a lot of people don't even know the the, the origins of where a lot of this stuff right. came from right uh, are you saying i guess that we've been so conditioned as a society that we're kind of heading down the yellow brick road now I think that Americans have been too conditioned to believe that the government is there to fix everything. Huh. Like we put all of our hopes into a presidential candidate when in reality we should be we should be making we should be the change that we want to see instead of putting all the hopes into this man or Oh, that. I love what you say there, brother. Stop slow that right down there. We should be the change we want to see. Wow, that is powerful right there. Let's grab onto that, man. That's that's strong. So what's the best plan moving forward for America, do you think, right now? Because, I mean, really, truly, I mean, we have certain candidates there. What part we can fix or can't fix, I don't know. I mean, we can't all just cut our heads off in the process, right? So what's, what's the game plan? What would you like to see happen right now, please? Maybe that's the way to put it. Well, what I would like to see, like, you're never going to convince people not to vote for further presidential candidate. You know, I mean, you're going to vote. Everybody's going to go to the polls and they're going to vote. But what I would really like to see is people to, to understand that they have to hold, even if it's their favorite Republican candidate, they have to hold him accountable for unconstitutional things that he does as just the same as they would as their opposing party. Because, you know, these people study this stuff, Malcolm, and they know without a reasonable doubt and there's enough literature out there. They know that the Republicans on the Republican side and the Democrats on the Re Democrat side, they're going to accept what, what their party does, even if yeah. it goes against their yeah. ideological views. Yeah. And they, they know that because they study it and they do experiments with it. Well, very few people will go against the herd. They'll go, they won't right. go against the head of the herd either, right? Exactly. Yeah, right. it's 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 ideologically driven. Uh, it's the way people think. It's the way they vote. It's the way they act. And in fact, it's why people are stupefied today, David. It's why, in fact, it's why they get into these social media circles and beat the hell out of each other. And mm -hmm. and and they'll even go down like in a flame of glory uh, with a losing argument just because it's that person. I see that all the time. Right, and you know, if I I think I want I want to I want to explain this a minute, and I don't want people to feel like I'm picking on any one particular candidate. I mean, believe me, I understand that when we were facing the potential Hillary Clinton presidency that that Donald Trump was by far the best choice. But what I what I think what I'm trying to say is like they did an experiment with Donald Trump to see how far the Republicans would accept things that they normally wouldn't like. They, they did an experiment with with a minimum wage proposal you know, to see if the Republicans would accept it. Because, you know, usually they, they oppose minimum wage things. Yes, yes. And, and they found that because it was coming from Trump, right. they, they accepted it. And, you right. know, the whole the whole study was done to test party loyalty, to see yeah. how far they could be pushed. And and so then they then you had the whole the whole soap opera on TV 
with with Donald Trump pushing red flag laws and sitting next to Diane Diane Feinstein and telling Republicans they were afraid of the NRA. And then what happened after that is people started saying that was fake news, you know. And and you know, what they know now because of that whole situation is that the the right can be pushed into accepting certain infringements against what they normally consider yeah. to be their unalienable rights because it's yeah. coming from from their favorite. Well, side. it's like anything though, really. I mean, it's like any CEO, it's like any executive. You sell yourself on your platform for who and what you are, and then you you push a narrative out there or whatever it is, or you play to popular opinion or or right. sometimes now, you know, we we could talk a little more in the future too about Trump because he he plays a lot of uh, psycho psychological games very well, actually. But he also, uh, being an entertainer, being a uh, you know a very interesting personality, he tends to screw around sometimes with the English language as well. Uh, sometimes you really can't take some of the stuff he's saying serious. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times it's a game, and it's like a yo-yo. He just puts it out there to piss people off or to get a rise out of people. It's quite, it's quite, it's like The Apprentice. That's what it is sometimes, and he's still playing that part sometimes, David. You know, <laughs> right? And, and to me, it was you know hilarious. I mean, I voted for Trump both times, but the yeah. way that he would insult people on the oh, left yeah. was, right. was certainly hilarious. But if you noticed, yeah. the more the more he did that, and the the more angry the left, or at least the perception was created that the left hated this guy. Right. The, the more the 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 support for him on the right was reinforced, and the more he became kind of unquestionable. Well, and to your point, he insulted people on the right, and still does today. You know what I like about your style, uh, and about everybody on this program today is you make people think. I like that. So you get people out of their comfort zone. And that's really what we, that's, I think, would you agree with me when I say that that's really the best we can hope for today is to get people to think? Yeah, I think, I, I think that's definitely a good point. But I think what we really need to be looking at is understanding how the left got where they are. Now, let me, before we run out of time, let me tell folks now, uh, the, I want them to read your op-ed, uh, nothing we are witnessing in our country is real. And a lot of people feel that way. Actually, that speaks to a lot of people. They feel it's so surreal. They just can't make heads or tails out of anything that's happening anymore, uh, David. And that is, that's why that speaks to so many, that message, because like, it, it feels like we're in a total fake news environment 24-7, but like, yeah. it's all fake. Right. Yes. What the hell is real anymore? And so that that title speaks to a lot of people for that reason. What 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 is real anymore? His work his books as well. Are, by the way, are in the America Out Loud bookstore, and of course, they're available in bookstores anywhere here. Uh, Without a shot, indeed, uh, inducing compliance to tyranny through condition and, and persuasion, which is what we're talking about today. He also, by the way, is a good, uh, really an expert too uh, in CRT education research. Uh, which we talk a lot about here on the network and the platform. That's uh, David Rissolata, new on the platform and new on the network here, friends. Now, let me uh, just uh, remind you all to get back to AmericaOutloud.news and share the out loud truth and get it out there from sea to shine and sea. Actually, let's make those seas shine again is what I'd like to see. We've got a big year coming ahead, friends, together, and we have a lot to do uh, to make this right, to right the wrongs in our nation. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. <laughs>